0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Big day and a big night ahead. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. You may know, you may not know. Share with others. We come your way each and every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern, You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask that you please subscribe, flip on that notification switch. If you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, many of you are, and that's great. We like to say that Casey and Paul have faces made for radio, so you don't need the video. You can go to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman wherever you get your podcast. Tonight's a big one. Those were the words used by Joe Burrow when asked about this AFC North matchup tonight. And for Burrow, trying to get off the schneid. He has never won a game against the Brownies. The Bengals and Browns get together on this Halloween night in Cleveland, starting at 8, by the way, fellas. Happy Halloween to both of you. Casey, Paul, hope you had a good weekend. Yep. Yes, Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Tom. Did you have any pictures for us today? Oh, do you I d- have I pictures? did. I
1: have one. We don't have it loaded up in the screen. I do have one. It was. A,
0: we'll pull it up later. Yeah, yeah, that's a good but one. But you did dress
1: up. I did. Yeah, you we did. and your
0: girlfriend Lizzie. Uh, yes,
1: yeah, she dressed up more than I did. She put more effort into it than I did. I'll give her credit.
0: You always better give. I her had credit the
1: idea. Okay. She she had the effort.
0: Cincinnati is uh, still a three-point favorite. Is that where we are? At least it was last night when I sat down to write this. We're still at three? Yep. Okay, now we know the Bengals are without star wide receiver Jamar Chase, out without hip injury. And the team is also going to be without Eli Apple. He's got a hamstring problem. Is that a big deal? We'll find out. The Browns are missing two of their biggest stars in tight end David and Joku cornerback Denzel Ward will not play. They are going to activate two other cornerbacks that were listed as questionable. One with an abdominal strain, another under the weather ill. And Cleason, Cleveland will also be without a couple of starting offensive linemen. So there's a lot going on here. Yesterday in the AFC North, the Steelers went to undefeated Philadelphia and were throttled by the Eagles. Jalen Hurts was simply unbelievable yesterday. I mean, I know he's trying to prove to a lot of us, is he the man? Well, if you watch that game yesterday, he throws three touchdowns in the first half to A.J. Brown, four total in the game, without a single turnover. 35-13, the final. The men of aluminum are now 2-6 and six on the year. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Jets... Felt like this was their year to get New England. They lost 12 in a row to their division rivals. But no, the Patriots beat New York 22-17. Bill Belichick gets head coaching win number 325. And that is uh, the regular season and the playoffs. So that breaks a second place tie all time with Papa Bear George Hallis. Don Shula has the most wins ever three hundred and forty seven the Vikings meanwhile get a pair of touchdown passes from Kirk Cousins Dalvin Cook rushes for 111 yards Minnesota now six and one on the year after beating Arizona the Dallas Cowboys go to six and two 49 29 over Chicago Tony Pollard rushes for 131 yards and three touchdowns for the Cowboys now did you see the end of this Atlanta-Carolina game? Okay, we're going to show it to you. 20 seconds left. Down six. Hail Mary. And yes, it is caught by DJ Moore. Tie game. But he takes off his helmet. You're not allowed to do that. 15-yard penalty. They apply it to the point after. The point after turns into a forty. 40- eight yard try okay this is for the game winner after this hail mary touchdown by moore he knows better i don't have a problem with a guy taking off his helmet and celebrating neither do you but he knows better you take off the helmet it's 15 yards so eddie Panero trots out there a pat away from winning the game 48 yards out And the Atlanta fans can't believe it. I mean, how do you get behind the deepest guy? That's the rule of thumb. You can't get behind the deepest guy. 48 yards, Pinheiro misses. He would miss a 31-yarder to win the game in overtime. The Falcons end up winning the game. Carolina would have been in first place, and it's Atlanta now in first place we'll talk about this in a minute but look the rules are rule the rules the rule I don't have a problem with a guy taking off his helmet I don't even know why they make that a rule to me it seems silly uh but boy that is a huge mistake the San Francisco 49ers now when they've got everybody playing and now they've added Christian McCaffrey I know their record is only four and four. But does anybody want to play the Niners? They clobbered the L.A. Rams yesterday. In L.A., it was like a San Francisco home game of that crowd. 31-14, Christian McCaffrey. How about his game? He throws a touchdown pass. He runs for a touchdown. He catches a touchdown pass. Mr. Do-It-All. That's a scary team. That's a scary team. The Geno Smith Show rolls on in Seattle. Seahawks knock off the New York Giants 27-13. Seattle leads the NFC West by a game over the Niners. Geno, two touchdown passes, gives him 13 on the year. That ties his prior career high for a season. And last night, Buffalo beat Green Bay 27-17. But I got to tell you, and we'll talk about this as well, I thought Buffalo looked very beatable in that game. Josh Allen, very sloppy with the ball last night. Yeah, two touchdowns, two picks. The Bills defense, which everybody says, you know, you can't do anything against their defense. Green Bay runs for 208 yards at seven yards per carry in that game. But, you know, a win is a win. Buffalo is six and one, and major issues with a pack, three and five. We go to college football. It was not a good Saturday for the UC Bearcats. They couldn't run it in the first half. They couldn't do anything on offense. The defense gets gashed for 258 rushing yards in a 25-21 loss at UCF. UC loses for the second time this season and for the first time in conference play since 2019. Very safe bet. The Bearcats now will not play After a second loss in a New Year's Six bowl game. So with that in mind, it begs the question. Is it time to try Evan Prater at quarterback? To get him ready for next year? That chatter has started among some. You can book it up in Clifton. Second ranked Ohio State was tested. As you would expect. You're going to number 13 Penn State. 110,000 going crazy. But then came the fourth quarter. It was unbelievable to watch. 28 points for the Buckeyes in the final 15 minutes. They rolled to a 44-31 win. C.J. Stroud, 354 yards, but the player of the game, and I'm going to try to get this right because it's really key. I'm convinced, unless I heard this young man say otherwise, that they're mispronouncing this guy's name uh, on television because in in Samoan, and that's his history, he comes from the state of Washington, that's his lineage. JT Tui Loau. You pronounce every single vowel when you're pronouncing Samoan players' names. But did you see what this guy did? I gotta tell you, I've broadcast a ton of football, 25 years in the NFL, a lot of college, watched a lot of games, just like you. Now, there may be other games where the numbers are better. I don't know. But it might have been the single greatest performance I have ever seen by a defensive lineman. Defensive lineman in my life. He had two interceptions, okay, two of those. One of them, he returns for a touchdown. He had two sacks in the game. One of them, a strip sack, and he recovered the fumble. He tipped another pass in the game that was intercepted. He had six tackles, three for loss, and barely played over half the snaps. This was the number one recruited defensive lineman in the country last year. And now all of a sudden, he's starting to show up on this Ohio State defense. Buckeyes 8-0, and they'll play Northwestern this week. Michigan, also now 8-0. Walloped in-state rival Michigan State 29-7. But it's what happened after the game. That has everyone up in arms take a look at this video on social media showed numerous michigan state players beating up a michigan player and this was in the tunnel after the game jim harbaugh said two of his players were assaulted in that tunnel one might have a broken nose michigan state coach mel tucker said the behavior is unacceptable and just this morning he announced that four players have been suspended indefinitely. Now, one point on this thing, okay? Michigan redid their stadium about seven, eight years ago. And I don't know anything about blowing something up, knocking something down, rebuilding it. I don't know anything about it. But here's what I know. When you have 17 to 22-year-old young men full of testosterone, and they're playing football and competing after against each other, and now you add in the rivalry of Michigan and Michigan State, okay? This same thing went down four weeks ago when Penn State played in Michigan. When you have all of them going into the same tunnel after a game, you are begging for trouble, okay? Now, I'm not going to play this game because I wouldn't do it the other way. It's not the gun that kills people. It's people that kill people with a gun, right? But this whole thing with the tunnel, And if you go back and look at the video, the Michigan player who was getting beaten up, and I'm not condoning that in any form or fashion. But the way they set it up is Michigan State goes in first together after the game. Then Michigan comes in the tunnel after the game. Okay, that's the way they set it up. But this Michigan player goes skipping around and cuts in line in the middle of the Michigan State team. That's how, no doubt, this whole thing started. They have got to figure out a better way. Got to figure out a better way. But I'm guessing at Michigan they won't. Number one, Georgia. Jumped all over the Florida Gators in the first half. But then the Gators got back in it. And then all of a sudden, late, Georgia blows the doors off of them 42-20. to 20. You couple that with what Tennessee did to Kentucky. Whew. 44 to six so now the showdown is upon us this saturday the volunteers take on georgia in athens first place in the sec east is on the line and potentially of course so much more that is a 3:30 kick on cbs now on the other side of the sec and this is where we're starting to get now i mean we're starting to get down to the nitty-gritty we got four weeks left in the regular season okay In Baton Rouge this Saturday, Alabama takes on LSU. You may know this, you may not. But Brian Kelly's team at LSU shares first place in the SEC West with Alabama. The winner of this game, more than likely, plays in the SEC championship. For Alabama, that wouldn't be a surprise. For LSU, that would be a shocker. That's this Saturday. TCU is now 8-0. Beat West Virginia in Morgantown, 41-31. The Horned Frogs host Texas Tech this Saturday. I'm going to be there. Very excited about that. Watch your Horned Frogs. Tell you what, Big 12 has a lot of good teams. They may not have a great team. I don't know if TCU's a great team or not, but they've got a lot of good teams in that league. A lot. And UC has its work cut out for it. Joining that conference next season. And lastly, in baseball, the World Series continues tonight after an off day yesterday. They go to Philadelphia. Series is even at one game apiece. Lance McCullers Jr. on the hill for the Astros. Noah Sindergaard, the former Met will start it for the Philadelphia Phillies. We got a ton of people with us today here, boys. We We got a lot. We got a lot. We got a lot. 6412Mars says, great sportsmanship. <laughs> Alex Wallace says, it's 95 years old, Tom. Stop this nonsense. What's 95? Michigan Stadium?
1: I think he's talking about Michigan Stadium. They
0: redid the thing. They could have fixed it. They could have fixed it. Uh, Sir Boy Wonder is back. Andrew is here. Says, if LSU didn't collapse against Florida State, they'd be looking at a playoff berth if you beat Bama. Matt says, go dogs." Let's see here. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, Andrew points out, was the last player to rush, catch, and throw a touchdown. That happened in 2005. So you're up to speed, fellas. You're up to speed. All right. Bengals v. Brownies. Here we go. Tonight, Halloween night. Boy, now that would be fun to be up there in Cleveland tonight, I have to say. Because whether you like the Browns, don't like the Browns, most of you watching this show clearly do not. But it is a great venue for a football game. They got the Muni lot right out there for tailgating and the whole nine yards. That place will be jumping tonight. Casey, have you changed your feeling about this being all Bengalis without Jamar Chase?
2: No, I, uh, I have not changed any feeling um, there without Wyatt Teller. And Denzel Ward, they were officially ruled out, like, on Friday, of all things. Um, so, I mean, they are down some guys. We're down some guys. We have the better roster. The Browns stink. Thank you, Boy Wonder. The Browns stink. And, by the way, oh boy, I've created a tier list that I'm eventually going to post on, on my Twitter every week at the end of this NFL weekend that goes over what teams stink Borderline stink, <laughs> borderline good and good. Those are really the only four tiers that we got. And I'm are sorry you
0: putting the you. Bengals in the good category or borderline good? Borderline uh, good. Okay, all right, And they're almost all borderline stink. Right, give it stink. up to you, Case.
2: Uh, they're almost borderline stink. If you look at it, they're one borderline
0: stink. Is that what you just said?
2: Yeah. If they lose the Bengals, them, I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. If they lose against the Browns, wow! You
0: must—you haven't even moved in your new place yet. I was going to say maybe the the the, the smell, not of napalm, but the smell of everything's beautiful with the Bengals. I can't say that that's happened in your new crib because you're moving in maybe today.
2: Yeah, I maybe uh, today, maybe today. I might move in a few things. I talked about moving the bed over there already, but that probably will be saved until the weekend. But I'll be in that house. I'll have the keys. We're going to check it out, you know, make sure everything was moved out properly and whatnot. But anyways, anyways, the Browns stink. If the Bengals lose against the Browns, they're a borderline stink team, man. I mean, they, they got to get it going. They got to show that they're a good team, right? They, they got to go out there and assert dominance against a team that's lowly, Worse than them. I mean...
0: It's a desperate Cleveland team. We talk about it all the time. This is a very, very, very desperate team. It is. Yeah. I mean, this is their season tonight. yeah, Without a doubt. And we said it on this show. We all agreed two weeks ago before they played the Baltimore Ravens. They were going to Baltimore. Tough place to win. They get beat. Tight game to go to 2-5. and But we said if they lost to the Ravens and the Bengals, that the Browns season is over. I don't care who's coming back to play quarterback. Two and six is two and six. Now, you're not playing in a division where if the Bengals win tonight, they're five and three, Baltimore's five and three, but you're three games back, roughly midway through the year, close to midway through the year. This is their season tonight.
1: Yeah, they know it. The fans know it. Everybody knows that, like you said, Tom, if the Browns lose this game, their season's over, and – Quite honestly, you go out, you get that free agent quarterback, you get or uh, sorry, you get Deshaun Watson, and uh, you, you know you make all these moves, you do everything to try and set yourself up for success, and then what happens? He gets suspended, and now you put yourself with the back against the wall, and you say to yourself, "All right, you got to go out there and win this game because if they don't, you're not digging yourself out of this hole." And then what do you do with Deshaun Watson? When he comes back, do you, do you risk do you risk putting him out there for the last few weeks of the season? Well, of
0: course you do. You're paying him
1: a gazillion I under, dollars. I, I I think that's more of a rhetorical question. I I know that you're you're gonna put him out there because you, you're not gonna waste the money that you spent. But at the same time, if you lose this game tonight, then you lose one or two more before he comes back. His 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 return's sort of right around the corner. Ah uh, man, I I don't know. That's that's a tough risk for the Browns to even go out there. Because could you imagine if. If he got hurt in some meaningless game in December and then all of a sudden you've wasted, that would be, well, i would be the most Browns thing of all time is what it would be. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I, here's the uh, injured injury list. Who's all out for the Browns, by the way, Wyatt Teller, Denzel Ward, David Njoku. It looks like Greg Newsom is questionable. Uh, Greedy Williams is questionable. No, they, they,
0: they, they, they updated this morning. Both of those guys are going to play those two corners. Okay.
2: Okay. I'm Brady, just, looking, just a little while ago. I'm just looking at the ESPN yep. full report for all the teams. But those were what was listed, and they put a, a offensive tackle on injured reserve. Yep. Joe Hag, uh Haig, I don't know what, yep. if he's a backup or whatever. But besides the point, they're without Wyatt Teller and Denzel Ward. Those are their two Pro Bowl caliber. And players. Joku. and Njoku. He's a great player. he's a great tight end. Many Bengals fans wanted him when he was up on the trade block. I mean, this is a for sure win. Or they they got to win this game for the Bengals. If they don't, then it just – they stink. They just stink.
1: The other thing, too, and I don't know why I said free agent. I was going back and looking at the trade um, for for Deshaun Watson. The Texans, you got to remember, they got 2022, 2023, 2024, the first-round picks. For Watson, So if you're having a bad season for the Browns, at least you look forward to the draft, but
0: you're not really looking forward to the draft. So Yeah, it- but you're getting a guy, and look, I don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back because he didn't play virtually all of last year. He hasn't played through the first 11 weeks of this year. But he is still, uh, take the personal part out of it and everything that's happened, he is still an extraordinarily talented player. I mean, I I think when he is healthy and playing well, and I know some people will will scream and yell at this next statement, but I truly believe that when he is healthy and playing well, he is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. He throws it better. He doesn't run it as well, but he can run it.
2: I don't think that's controversial, Tom.
0: Well, I mean, there's some people out there that would say, and look, Lamar Jackson's won an MVP um he's been a really good player in this league uh we talked about this with brian Billick last week when it came down to and and i'm gonna ask him today he comes on 11 o'clock i'm gonna ask him today about watson v jackson but uh but the bottom line is as we sit here today is they don't have him playing tonight did you see the comments over the weekend by kareem hunt What did he say? Okay, well, this is a backup running back. Without a doubt, the best backup running back in the NFL. Not even debatable. And he's an impactful player for the Browns. Trade deadline's coming up. He was asked about it. And he said, look, you know, what you would expect him to say. He says, I know nothing about it. My job is to come in here and be prepared to play every single day. So is there a little extra motivation? Many seem to believe that there might be for Kareem Hunt. To go out there and and get it done tonight. That that running back duo of Chubb and Hunt presents a major major task tonight for this Cincinnati defense. Yeah, especially without DJ Reader.
2: Yeah, without DJ Reader, it's going to be a tough battle. Um, this Browns team, as much as we talk about them not like running the ball, they do run the ball. Like they run at about 50 percent of the time they probably should run at 60 percent of the time but they're gonna ground and pound us and uh we gotta be ready for it without josh tupal that leaves our uh boy jay tufele that i have high hopes for that you guys don't seem to like that much but i think with logan wilson's return with how this defense has been playing being able to shut teams out in the second half.
0: Yep. From touchdowns. From
2: touchdowns. I think we have a pretty good chance of being able to limit them and their run big play ability. I mean, I, they, they're not going to beat us over the top. It just, Jacoby Brissett is not going to do
0: that. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, I brought it up in the open. Um, they got Cam Taylor Britt, a lot more work in the last couple of weeks, right? And many have suspected that ultimately he would take over for Apple as that fifth defensive back, and, and in the league now, pro and college. That fifth guy is a starter. He's a starter. Well, tonight, Britt will be starting for the first time. Now, look, people take shots at Eli Apple all the time, but I think the guy's a good player. And he's been a good player for the Bengals. Has he been a perfect player for the Bengals? No, no one's been a perfect player for the Bengals. Nobody, not Burrow, not Chase, not Hendrickson, not Reader. Nobody's been perfect. But Apple's had some big moments for this team. And now all of a sudden, even though you don't think Brissette can beat him over the top, I think Brissette's a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, he'd be average as a full-time starter, maybe a little better than average. He's way above average as a backup quarterback in the league. No doubt about that. Who would you rather have, him or Brandon Allen? Tell the truth. No-brainer. <laughs> No-brainer. No shot at Brandon Allen, but who would you rather have? But all of a sudden now with Britt in there, what's that due to the Bengals' defense? Well, First-time starter, Monday night football, big division rival game. Is Britt up for the challenge?
2: I think he is. He was doing really well in the preseason before he he got hurt. Um, I think he needed to actually be in there sooner, quite honestly, um, just to get him more acclimated to that role. Uh, It was a shame that he went down um, the way he did in preseason. But this is a perfect time when you know they're going to run the ball a lot, um, he's not going up against the number one. He's going up against the number two and Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's probably a fair matchup. Same sort of body types, um, bigger guys. Um, Cam Taylor Britt is a really good tackler. He's been known to be really well against the run. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for him to start, honestly. Yep. I really do. Um, I don't think – if. We were talking about, like, the Bills or the Chiefs. I might be a little bit more scared. Might be a little bit more scared. But considering how the Browns don't really have a number two guy, considering how they love to run the ball, and that's what his strengths are, I think we'll be all right. right.
1: Um, I have a couple of stats for you, and these are not encouraging for the Bengals, but I am going to throw them out there. Uh, Andrew brought it up a little bit. I was Mm going to expand on it a little more. Uh, the Bengals are 0 12 in their last 12 uh, road primetime games, but even looking back farther than that, they're 1 and 22 in their last 23, and they're 5 16 and 2 against the spread in those
0: 23 uh, primetime road games. So now, most of those, to be fair, to be fair, were during the Marvin Lewis Andy Dalton. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And, and look at what the Bengals have done in primetime. Yeah, other, uh, at home, they've beaten the Dolphins this year, but they did lose to the Ravens.
2: How many wins did they have in prime time?
0: Zero on the road. Zero? N-U-N, none.
2: Well, that doesn't count playoffs, then.
0: Well, those aren't night games.
2: Yeah, this is uh, in prime
0: time. They I won mean, those during the were, playoffs during the day. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. I know what you're saying, uh, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know what you're saying, but those numbers don't lie. They, they, those are facts. Yeah. What else you want to add? To that. No, that was it. Are you surprised that, that the line is, is three? Uh, it really hasn't moved
1: at all. I'm not too surprised. I think that's probably a good number and honestly might – well, we'll get into it, I guess, a little bit. Or No, we already picked the Bengals in the Browns game, so I guess I'll just say it now. Uh, I was going to say that the Bengals win tonight 23-20, to um, and I think that the Bengals have a better chance to win by more than three than the Browns have to cover – which is why I took the Bengals, um, if that makes sense. So I, I just feel like that the Bengals have a chance to go out there tonight on the road and win this game by more than three points, better than I I feel like the Browns could. But I do think this is going to be a really, I think this is going to come down to the end. I yep. think it'll be, I think it'll be a grinded out close game.
2: I. <laughs> Maybe this is just the fan in me. I'm starting to feel, I can smell it in the air. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh boy. I can smell the victory aroma.
0: <laughs> you just went from a guy 10 minutes ago. All right. I'm going to stop there because we had someone ask on here. Since you're teasing that moving forward, you're going to have. What are the categories again? Really stink?
2: Stink. Really, or, so it's stink, borderline stink, borderline good, and good.
0: Okay. You were the, the guy who just said a minute ago that if the Bengals lose, they fall into the
2: borderline stink.
0: Okay. By um, right now, who would be in the category? And maybe I'm throwing you on the spot. No, because go ahead. You know, go ahead. Don't worry, we got the data. Who are the teams right now that officially, according to Casey McAllister in mm-hmm. the National Football League, yep. who are the teams that officially stink? Not borderline stink, stink, stink. Oh,
2: there's a lot. You got some time, there's Tom? A, yeah, you, you want to talk? You ready for this one? I'm ready. Let me, let me pull it Apparently
0: so are, are, are those watching right now. Do
2: we have enough time
0: left in this show? All right,
2: listen. Here we go. I'm going to start rapid firing these off, all right? Starting from the worst teams. Panthers, Steelers.
0: Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Already? Let me stop. <laughs> You're saying really stink the Carolina Panthers? They're one dumb mistake away from being in first place in the NFC South. Now, that division stinks. But you mean to tell me you're putting the Panthers in the same category as the Steelers? Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, hang on. I
2: actually have week seven. That was last week, right? The NFL season was
0: week seven. Yes, this was week eight this week.
2: I'm going to put it on the screen for everyone to look at. This is this is some top tier producing right here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're waiting on that.
2: Well, we got it right here. We got it right
0: here. It's okay. already up here. Here we go. Oh wow! I like this. Is like the stuff you see out of USA Today, where it's easy to read. I, I, I'm convinced, and that's a, a topic for another time. That uh, that all graphics that are put up in sporting events, they should be more like this. It's easy for people to digest.
2: Yeah, and all most right. people are familiar with the tier maker yep. graphic, anyways. There's a lot of teams that stink here. And some of them You're actually. you saying New
0: England stinks?
2: Oh, yeah. They stink. <laughs> they stink.
0: No, I mean, I look, we start at that but bottom level. It... The Bears don't stink. Yeah, they they stink. borderline stink. The, pa- the, the Patriots. Tom, def- Tom, def- Tom. The Tom. Bears? The Patriots definitely do not. They definitely Tom. do hold not Hold on, hold
1: stink. on, hold on. No, 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 no. We got to go back to the They're Bears. They're only
0: uh, on that list right there. There are only three teams that stink. The Lions stink, the Texans stink, and the Steelers stink. That's Outside of that, take. you can't say the Panthers, Broncos,
2: a
1: lot Bears, that's and
0: Patriots stink.
2: Yeah. The,
1: the Bears are You're terrible. You're
0: Jacksonville ahead of New England?
1: Tom, the Bears are trash. No, they're not. The Bears are below stink. No, they're
2: not. The Let me add a fifth tier. <laughs> well, I'm stink. I'm just, no they don't i'm gonna add a separate category
1: uh, i'll tell you stink. another team
0: put that back up I okay. tell you another right. team that belongs <laughs> officially in the stink category and that's the la rate i mean the uh las vegas raiders they stink they stink
2: well they're there but listen there's a lot of teams that just stink right now some teams that borderline stink. the saints stink the saints stink The Jets probably should fall to the stink category. No, they're not there yet. uh, Yeah, because Patriots stink. I cannot
0: believe you have the 6-1 Minnesota Vikings and the 5-3... Seattle Seahawks and listen, this was week Baltimore seven. <laughs> Ravens and 49ers this was at week borderline. Seven. St- I mean, are you kidding me? There's got to be
2: some movement because some of these teams won. You okay. think
0: the Chargers are better than the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Ravens? The Chargers? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Casey, good Lord. Listen, listen. If we're good gonna, if, let's
2: just digest this for a second and hear me out. Vikings are almost borderline good. They're the next team up. Bengals would replace that spot if they lost. Seahawks probably should be in borderline good. Giants fall to borderline stink. Ravens probably should be borderline good. <laughs> Miami, uh, they they're still borderline stink. And San Francisco almost borderline good. I think I think they move up as well. Same with the Titans. Jets fall of course, um, because the Patriots stink. LA stinks really bad. I think they should move down a couple more pegs. Um, let me see. I mean, The Denver, Jacksonville
0: Jaguars. I mean, come on. How can you put the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Las Vegas Raiders?
2: Hang on. This, Like I said, this was last week. So Jags got to fall back a couple teams. Wait, is it? Hold on the, a second. This, hold on a second. Yeah.
1: Is this in order of the teams that, like... Are, do the Saints, Before, are the Saints closest to the borderline stink and the Panthers are the worst team in the league? Yes, correct. Oh, so this is ranked in the order of ways that they – in the order of the stinkage?
2: Yes. So yes, you it mean is. to tell – <laughs> That, also that changes the, the whole dynamic. Is
0: that also true at the top?
2: Yes. So, so you have one. is the
0: fifth best team in the National Football League, if <laughs> I'm reading this correctly. Yeah. You have the Los Angeles Chargers as the fifth best team. Team in the NFL? Correct. Oh, my Lord. All right, let's go to my power five. Can you pull those up? Oh, I got it right yeah. here. Hold on. All right, pull this up. These are my power five. Uh, I may have to start going with the tier maker. <laughs> Eagles haven't lost. I don't know how you don't put them number one. I have no idea how you don't put them. I mean, look at those numbers. There third flaws. in offense, fourth in defense. The Bills, number two, although look beatable last night. The Chiefs, the defense, suspect. Teams continue to win, you have to put them up there. And I know they haven't beaten very many good teams. Minnesota, I have four. And the Dallas Cowboys have moved into the number five spot. They went four and one without Dak Prescott. He's back, didn't look so good the first week. A little better yesterday, but Tony Pollard looked incredible with Ezekiel Elliott out. And we know about Micah Parsons and the defense. That's my top five. I'm wondering if we should not start to add to this show the what do they call Tearmaker? Tier maker. Yeah, the
2: Tear Maker and I'm I am going to update the, the stink list.
0: You really I, need a lot I'm, of updating on that list. Well, this was a this lot. was
2: before the week seven game started, so of course some of that's gonna be inaccurate.
0: Lee Ferrickson, one of the great Vikings of all time says, Casey, I'm considering raiding your new home for the way you are dissing my Vikings. Well. Wow. Ask the natives of Newfoundland, what happens when you sleep on the Vikings? <laughs> it's a legitimate question.
2: They haven't played anyone.
0: Well, I, I, I mean, I can't argue with that. I went back and looked at when I was trying to put this top five together. I was trying to look at, 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 at some of the wins these teams have. And the Vikings, they really haven't beaten anybody. But the bottom line is they're winning games, fellas, is what we talked about with the Bengals, okay? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, you know, you haven't beaten anybody, but then dismiss the fact that the Bengals virtually every game they have played this year, they have played against a backup quarterback. That's almost impossible to have happen. And they're four and three. They're four and three. This team lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: On a fluke. On a, on a fluke.
0: Call it whatever you want to call it. Call it whatever you want to call it. They lost to the Steelers.
2: And by the way, I will say that I'm not a homer. They're almost borderline stink. Come on. The Bengals are almost borderline stink.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Andrew says Vikings are limited by Kirk Cousins. And, and I'm with you on that. I've not been a big Cousins guy. I don't think he can win the big one for you. I don't. Just and I be- might prove to be wrong. I've done a Look. lot of his games. Seems like a pleasant dude. But push comes to shove. And Andrew, I think, correctly, says he's a lot like Andy Dalton. When you really need him, more often than not, comes up small.
2: Well, I'm just looking at the schedule right now. And he plays Washington. That's probably a win. Maybe. Commanders.
0: The Commanders. The Wizards. The (laughs) the
2: Washington Wizards. Uh, But after that, they play Buffalo and Dallas. That's going to be tough for Kirk Cousins. And then I guess – Those are
0: Minnesota's next two games?
2: After Washington. After Washington. So the next three games are Washington, Buffalo, and Dallas. Okay. And your New England Patriots that don't stink.
0: They don't stink.
2: uh, They stink. They stink. Their offensive line is terrible.
0: I just
1: I just didn't realize when this got sent out last week that this that those bottom tier teams were like in order of the yeah, teams I and mean, things. So
0: that needs a lot of well, it, Jamie. No, I we want, ought to dismiss that. I wanna see it one right more time. Who is,
2: I'll make the week eight list, okay? And okay. it'll be updated and we'll do we'll that tomorrow. Then. Yeah. We'll bring it back up tomorrow, everyone, so then we can talk about it, see what we think. But I gotta tell you, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that just stink. More than half the teams in the league.
0: Okay. Well, the one thing is, is it, it, it look, the league has what it wants. Okay, the, the league has what it wants, and that is parity, and everybody has a chance. And we talk about this all the time, fellas. Is unlike baseball, when a season begins. Now, look, there the, are teams going into a year. You know, are going to be better than others. That that's clear and obvious for multiple reasons. But there's a whole group in there, right? The way the league is set up, whether it's the, the way they do the draft, the way they do the schedule, all those kinds of things, free agency, trades, whatever it might be. You don't walk into the year in most NFL cities and feel like we don't have a chance in the world to make the playoffs. Now, this year, or any given year, there's a handful, right? I mean, there's a handful. Houston knew this year that they're not going to go into the postseason, and then there are others. But that's one of the, 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 it might be the single best thing at the end of the day about the NFL. Yes, you get mediocrity. Yes, you get a lot of four and three, a lot of three and four, four and four, five and three, three and five, right on that edge of making it or not making it. But that's what makes a league so good and appealing to people, right?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the NFL is one of the best leagues for competition just because of how it's built. Um, there's just nothing that can compete with that until, like, baseball starts doing something like that, until – I mean, the NBA is too hard to really replicate that. It, it's – I don't think that's going to ever happen. Um, I don't know. Like, I, if there's other games, like, hockey maybe might be up there for something like that. Well, but everybody too, makes a playoff. Yeah. That's, that's – you know I mean? Yeah, that's tough too. And soccer is the only other one, MLS and, and – uh, I don't, I'm not too sure about premier league, but MLS, if people started to actually like the sport, I think it you would have some of that same parody that people can get good after a couple years of sucking, you know, the, like, the like the FC
0: Cincinnati.
1: has. Yeah.
2: Just yeah. like FC Cincinnati. Yep. Has. That's right.
1: Okay. So for tomorrow, I want you to make this new graphic Casey, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to look at the old graphic. Like, I don't want you to just update it. I want you to go back in and do a, do a fresh again. start. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we'll see how closely it matches up.
2: Yeah, okay. All right. That sounds good. Okay. I'll, I'll get it all figured out for you guys. And if you don't like the way my tier list is set up, you just tell me in the comments. I see some of you talking about me having a, a division winner in there. Look, there's got to be a division winner sometimes.
0: That's exactly right. And, Not sometimes, all the time.
2: And let me tell you. I don't care if it's – I'm not sure who they're specifically talking about. It's probably, like, NFC South or something. All those teams stink. I don't care what you say. Panthers stink. They gave up that terrible, terrible win that they should have had. Atlanta, we just beat the crap out of them. They, they stink. Saints, if they had a quarterback, maybe they'd be good, borderline good. Who, who knows? But they stink. They got Andy Dalton starting for them. Come on. And then you look at the Tom Brady-Ravens game. Tom Brady is not looking good. No, he's not. He's not looking good. And it's
0: too bad for the league. Because, look, I know there are a lot of Brady haters out there. And I I don't know why anybody would hate Tom Brady. Except for the fact that maybe they beat your team all the time. But if you hate Tom Brady, it's it's either that or it's just straight jealousy. That's all it is. Because this guy's never – Let me back up. That deflate gate, eh, but that's, I mean, that's a long time ago, but that still to me is very, very shaky. Very shaky. How so? Because there there was some, that should have been a stiffer fine for the Patriots. That should have been a stiffer penalty, in my opinion. Um, Somebody was playing around with those footballs. (laughs) There is no question about that. And anybody that believes otherwise has just lost their mind. They got their head in the sand. But the point I'm making is this. Brady uh, has always been a good dude, stand-up guy, great player, greatest quarterback of all time, no doubt. Mary's a supermodel. um, And now all of a sudden he came out over the weekend, as we suspected, as has been reported, that Brady and his wife are getting a divorce – There are children involved in this whole thing. There's a lot going on there. We're not getting into all that. That's their business. Uh, But the guy's been a phenomenal player. I don't know how you hate the guy. I I really don't. I really don't. He's been a good citizen. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of these other games around the NFL. Okay, because we got lots of time today to talk about the Bengals. We're going to get to our picks a little bit later. I am really interested in asking Brian Billick a question today, and he's going to join us at 11 o'clock. Brian Billick is considered to be one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the NFL, going all the way back to when he was offensive coordinator uh, in Minnesota, when they had Chris Carter and, and, uh, and Randy Moss and Jake Reed and all those guys running around, Robert Smith, the running back. They broke all kinds of single season records for yards and points and all these kinds of things. It goes to Baltimore, wins the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. But I'm curious to find out if as a head coach, and an offensive-minded head coach which zach taylor clearly is um does not having jamar chase change the way you're going to call plays tonight or the way you feel is best for your offense to now try and move forward without a guy that is by far your biggest and best big play guy so we'll talk about that with brian Billick after 11 o'clock Want to hit some of these other topics, some of the other games, some of the other teams. Want to talk about the Michigan-Michigan State thing a little bit. Really ugly. 26 days from now. 26 days from now. Ohio State v. Michigan at the Horseshoe in Columbus. I mean, two trains. Here they come. Huh. If both come in undefeated, and there have been huge games in the past of that robbery. This could be the biggest one of them all, if they both roll in undefeated. Both of them. We're back in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Uh, with Casey McAllister, Paul Frischner, I'm Tom Brenneman. All right, guys, I want to hit a few topics here. Uh, we will start in college football. Um, the whole Michigan-Michigan State thing. Um, you know, you look at this, and, and we mentioned just this morning, Mel Tucker, the head coach at Michigan State, has suspended indefinitely four players for that ugly, ugly scene that took place in the tunnel. Um, after the game was over, Michigan wins 29-7. to um, What are your thoughts on that, fellas? This is the same
1: type of situation um... – that we saw like from the Crosstown shootout with the brawl now 10 or 11 years ago where both teams entered and exited through the same tunnel. Now that brawl happened on the court at the end of the game, but that was a problem that Xavier immediately corrected. Now both teams enter and exit the court through opposite tunnels. This was a situation where the Michigan player started skipping into the huddle, skipping into the line as he, as he went into the tunnel. And it was an avoidable situation. If he just doesn't do that, maybe tempers are a little more calm, things don't happen. But like you said in the beginning of the show, when you have a bunch of guys that are 18 to 22 years old that are all together after an emotional game, after Michigan just lays it thick on Michigan State – it's a tough spot to be in that you have to calm yourself down and you can't let the emotion get the best of you, but they did, and that's a terrible scene. There's no excuse, no matter how bad your emotion runs, no matter how heated you are, no matter how big the rivalry is. you. I mean, it, there's a reason they said the police were investigating. I mean, this is a borderline crime. Well, look. And I this, don't think that's an exaggeration. Oh, a lot of times oh. you hear that in, in fights and sports and you hear people say, oh, it's just, it happens. That My guy, he was getting... Just destroyed five, six yeah. on one Look, in a tunnel. this is
0: the, la- the last two home games played at Michigan. This is two games in a row now where this has happened. Two games in a row. I was with Erman Meyer one night last week. He showed me a picture that somebody sent to him going back to 2017. And in this picture is him coming out of that tunnel before a game. Three people are snapshotted spitting on Urban Meyer, spitting on the head coach of the visiting team. I mean, this Michigan thing's out of control. It's out of control. And You know, people can sit there and get mad at me. Oh, Ohio State lover, blah, 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 blah. I would say the same thing if this was happening at Ohio State. And I'm not saying there haven't been things that have happened at Ohio State or wherever. But this thing is out of control. They've got to get it fixed. I don't know how they fix it. I said that at the beginning. But they better change it. All right. The University of Cincinnati. You know there are some in Clifton right now. And maybe it's not even whispering. They're saying it out loud. Is it time to give Evan Prater, now that you've lost two games, you know, all along they went with a senior and the transfer back to UC, Ben Bryant. Okay, and this isn't an indictment on Bryant in any form or fashion. He's played quite well for the team this year. But now that you've lost two, you're not going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. It's not going to happen. Your chances of winning the conference are really, really tough at this point. Possible, but tough. Um... Do you consider starting Evan Prater from now on at quarterback to get him ready for next year? Because next year he's your guy, or at least it looks like he's your guy.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you at least kick the tires on it, right? I think you at least give him some series here and there and, and see how he does, stack him up. And, and like you said, now that you're not playing for a New Year's Six Bowl, you have Navy, East Carolina, uh, what is that, Casey? Temple and Tulane. Yep. That, to end your season. Tulane's
0: so, ranked, pretty good team. Tulane's UC ranked. you killed UCF.
1: Yeah, but you're playing a triple option team this week and Navy. Go out there and go out there and give your young guy some reps, right? I I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Give him some series. Let him go out there and and try and get some experience under his belt if you're building for the future.
2: Yeah, I I'm just I'm not sure if fickle. I'm not saying he doesn't have the guts. Like that's not the right term, but
0: I know what you're saying.
2: Like it's this, it's a senior, you know, and he's not, not playing to the standard. Right. I mean, it's not like he's got a terrible percentage. No. Or, I, I don't know. I just, I would love for that to happen. If we were a top tier program and we didn't care about who was starting at quarterback, you know, we just want to see wins or progress to see what we got at quarterback, but maybe maybe the plan is for them to do the last two games of the season or something like that. Or maybe just play them against Tulane, like a ranked opponent. I don't know. Uh, I would
0: rather maybe see a combo because we thought we'd start to see the combo and we saw a little bit of it when Bryant got nicked up and Prater came in and played real well at the end of the game. Um, I think that was winning the game, if I'm not mistaken, against South Florida homecoming. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to see – and look, it's Luke Fickle's team. And who in the world – there's nobody in the country. Not Ryan Day, not Jim Harbaugh, not Nick Saban. Nobody. Nobody can question Luke Fickle. Nobody. What he's done at this program is off the charts, higher heights. Not every year is going to be like last year, getting to the college football playoff, clearly. Clearly. Um, but, but, but don't you have to consider maybe at this point, maybe you don't bench Bryant, but you have to start mixing in some series from time to time. I would think this week with Prater, yeah, better
1: way to do it. Well, here, the other thing too, you keep in mind is look at a guy like fickle who is been very steadfast in his choice look back at Desmond Ritter and some of the question marks that Desmond Ritter had early on he stuck with him it stuck with him he stuck with him and then it paid off big time and now Desmond Ritter's in the NFL and you have a team that competed for a national championship last year so the difference here being though that you have a UC team that isn't necessarily you still have a shot to win your conference but at the same time are you trying to develop like what do you value more and you have a shot to go out there and win your conference but you also have a shot to develop your quarterback who like you said did win you a game against south florida um so i i would i i'll be interested to see what fickle does he's 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 been pretty like i said i think steadfast is a good word to use and and when he makes up his mind about these kinds of things he'll stick with it for a while um and I, Prater, we had question marks about it, especially when Bryant wasn't playing very well early on in the season. What, what must Evan Prater look like with the way that Ben Bryant was playing earlier? But yep. ben, ben Bryant kind of settled into a bit of a groove, and we haven't had those question marks now. But the only reason you really have the question mark now is because you lose the game and you're not competing for that New Year's Six Bowl anymore necessarily.
0: Well, yeah, I David mean, Weathers, who I'm sure, as you know, used to pitch for the Reds out of their bullpen, one of our <laughs> – regular followers here says the difference between sticking with a young freshman and not a fifth year quarterback out of eligibility. And I think Casey, that's what you're saying.
2: Yeah, that's, I was going to actually mention the same comment. Uh, David brings up a good point. I mean, sticking with a young freshman, you know, you're trying to gauge their ability and a fifth year quarterback like Yeah, that's that's like you already know he's gone after this year. I just don't know if Fickle will do that to to one of his guys. Like that's a guy that's one of his guys. So to me, I what I see is what you described getting Prater in there every other drive, something like that. Yeah. Especially when these scenarios happen, which haven't happened often because this team has been Not as good. And um, when we go over the picks, I'll even bring it up again, but UC has not blown anyone out except for Kennesaw State. Right. There hasn't been an opportunity for Prater to get in to see what he can do. I mean, all these games, the last three or four weeks have been close. Yep. Um, Even going all the way back to Indiana, and I know we were blowing them out, but they ended up kind of rallying back in that game. So they needed to still play Ben Bryant to – Stay ahead, so maybe we see more of him. Just because we're out of that bowl game discussion, but we can still win the ACC, right? If yeah, we can still win, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the road Tulane. is
0: not that that you know that it, it's a challenging road because you're going to play some pretty good teams, including Tulane and, and an East Carolina team. Dan Hoard talked about it last week. They've got a lot of good players, talented team. Smoked UCF. I mean, blew that team out of the water. By the way, has Brian Billet gotten a link?
2: Yes, he should have gotten
0: a link. So we should have him coming up, hopefully, here shortly. Um, Apparently, you threw together at the last minute a um, poll. Does Casey's tier link stink? And I can't believe 54 to 45. Yes and no. I can't believe 45% of you out there believe that doesn't stink.
2: Well, listen, it's got to be updated. I mean, updated. come on. Once I update it, that number is going to reverse. 54 of you are going to say it doesn't stink, and 45 of you say it will stink. But, I mean, come on. It's not a bad list. It's really not. Like, like If you, really, you want to argue about it, maybe being the Ravens too low, that might be one. But it's really not a bad list. It's really not. It's not super... Bingle Homer-ish or anything like that. I appreciate
1: I, how you're talking us into
0: this tier list.
2: I mean, just look at it one more time, folks. Yes. All those teams below at the stink list. Why
0: are we putting this up when it's a week old?
2: We're going to go back to it. I I'm know just, you are. And I'm then that's when people want to see it.
0: So are we getting the new one tomorrow?
2: We're getting the new one tomorrow. Okay. Getting the new one tomorrow.
1: I'm you know, saying.
0: Zachary asked a very good question here. Yeah. Yeah. That's this a is mess. a legitimate question. A mess. My wife brought this up with me, actually. Why didn't we dress up today for Halloween? I thought about it, and then it kind of went, you know, Phew, see you later. Because I still have one of the great costumes that I started wearing when my kids were about three and one. A pirate costume. It's big, late costume. I thought about breaking it out today for the show. Clearly, I didn't. <laughs> Um, I'd look better in that pirate outfit than I look right now. But neither one of you guys obviously thought of dressing up either.
2: Well, I I told people that I would dress up as Jamar Chase, and I've got my jersey on. (laughs) But that's about it. That's all I'm going to be doing for Halloween.
0: The artist formerly known as Jamar Chase because he's not playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: big miss. We should have dressed up. I
1: dressed
0: up as a producer, I guess. I don't know. I wonder if Chase is going up to the game tonight. I mean, not that it matters. It, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, he might be able to help somebody on the sideline, but maybe they say, you know what, you keep him off that hip as much as you can and, and heal that thing up and stay right here with the Bengals team doctors and, and, and rehab folks and all that kind of thing. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter one way or the other. Um, Brian Billick. Is he here? He is here. All right. Okay. So, uh, we welcome in the former Super Bowl winning head coach uh, of the Baltimore Ravens. Brian, good morning. Hope you had a good weekend, my man. How's everything? Doing great. Question: You're the head coach, um, and, and, and maybe uh, this is not the best example to ask you about because we, you know we've talked with you from time to time back when you were in Minnesota, and you had Chris Carter, and you had Randy Moss, and you had Jake Reed, right? And you had an outstanding back in Robert Smith, just a great offense, one of the great offenses in the history of the league. But was there ever a time uh, where you were – there's my daughter calling me from TCU wondering when her dad's coming into town (laughs) – Was there the ever check. a time? Was there ever a time where you lost your big play guy as the Bengals have today? And, and look, you know, T. Higgins can make big plays. Tyler Boyd can make big plays. Joe Mixon can make big plays. But Jamar Chase is the guy. I think right now he's the best. He, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. The numbers don't lie. But now all of a sudden, that big play guy and a lot of that stuff is outside the numbers they do with him, so to speak, in football vernacular. Does it change the way your offense philosophically is going to run
3: without him? Well, it has to. Anytime you have a player of that caliber, you, you know the, the mentality you try to set is just, well, next man up. The problem is next man up is not as good. Otherwise, he wouldn't be the next man up. Um, but that that's the mentality that you have. But yes, when we lost Jamal Lewis after our Super Bowl year, that dramatically changed obviously the formula or what we had previously been good at to win a Super Bowl. Defense, run the ball, don't turn over, no turnovers. We and and now we didn't have any running backs. So yeah, it's got to schematically change. The Bengals are good enough, and obviously in a division where they can kind of keep touch with it until Chase comes back. Um, but yeah, it's gonna to have to change in terms of Burrow where he's gonna to go to get those big plays. It's gonna to have to be spread around. You're gonna to have to get it with play calling a little bit more, uh, rather than just look, we know we got this matchup and when I get press coverage or I get man for man, I know that's where I'm going. It's gonna take a little more orchestration to get it done. Uh, but they could do it, uh, but it is gonna be a big loss for
0: them. Do you, when you talk about, you, you briefly mentioned there about the play calling. So, I mean, walk us through inside the mind of an offensive guy like you, where, you know you have these other guys uh, that I mentioned. That I mean, most people feel like T. Higgins could be a number one on most teams. Tyler Boyd could be a number two on most teams. He's a number three on this team. Um, but, but your play calling, are you looking for more stuff, you know, maybe down the middle, slant stuff, tight end stuff, all that kind of thing? Um walk us through the play calling part. and I know down a distance dictates a lot of that, but at least schematically, if you if you're charting your first 15, 20 plays, what would that look like?
3: Well, it's all of the above. And I when on any play chart I had, you talk about that great 98 team in Minnesota, I had a Chris Carter box and I had a Randy Moss box and I had a Robert Smith box. That said, okay, if I need to, if I need something, these are the go to place for for him to get the ball down the field. And obviously, the way to get the ball to Chris was a little bit different than the way we would try to get it to Randy or to to uh, to, to uh, Andrew Glover or you know right on down the line. So yeah, what what the Bengals are going to have to do is they're going to have to have their boxes with these other guys that says, okay, first, what is it they do best? Is it the one-on-one stick routes for the tight end? Am I crossing the receivers? Do I have a receiver still that if I see that press one-on-one, I can go there? Uh, certainly the running game's got to be picked up. You, maybe you're gonna run the ball a little bit more and rely on that, particularly in a critical situation. So yeah, it, it definitely changes uh, the play calling and where you're gonna go with each of these athletes to, to get that, that big play, because we've talked about it forever and a day. Turnovers and big plays. That's that's the key barometers for winning. Uh, and, and both ways. You can't give, can't give up the ball, but you got to get turnovers. Can't give up big plays, but you got to get p- big plays. So where do I manufacture those big plays with these guys? Can I? Or now do I have to man, be a little bit more patient and rely more on my first and second down run and play action calls?
0: All right, I want to skip around a few things that happened in the league yesterday. And again, I, I just find it so interesting uh, to go inside the, the mind of a head coach when certain things come up. The end of the Panthers-Falcons game, they throw a Hail Mary. D.J. Moore catches it, gets behind the defenders. That's a different topic all entirely. But he catches it, immediately takes off his helmet, He's flagged for 15 yards, which turns the PAT into a 48-yard try, which they missed. Now, they could have won the game in overtime. Pinheiro missed a field goal there. But the Falcons ultimately win the game. Does the coach call that guy into his office after the game a- and ask him what in the hell exactly he's thinking about when you know that that is a rule?
3: Yeah, you you use it with the team as a whole. You, you love – what I will tell you is there's 31 other teams in the National Football League that the head coaches are going to show this play and cover the circumstances because there's nothing better than getting a real teaching moment done when it didn't cost you. And, and you put that in front of your team and say, okay, guys, here, here's an example. If this happens, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Let me help you. Tell, tell me, tell me wh- is, is this guy right? It's the emotion of it. It's the whole thing. Or or do we all agree this is stupid? And let's not do this if we find ourselves in the same situation. With regards to the Panthers, they know. And and with the team, you kind of do address it because you're constantly reminding your team, guys, particularly now in the NFL where everything's kind of smushed together, the difference between winning and losing is so subtle. And there's so many situational – you're constantly bringing up the situational uh, – Opportunities for a team, so that you can take its very Belichicky, and this is what he's supposed to be best at—to take advantage of it when it comes up. Well, here's a perfect example: we we pull out a one-in-a-million play, but then we we kind of waste it because we lose our emotion. We let the emotion of the of the moment overcome us, and it costs us the game. Now, fortunately for the Carolina Panthers, it's who cares? Because okay instead of being two and six, maybe you're three and five. But, but the point being that, yes, it cost us a game, guys. And this is not who we can be. Not if we want to win. And and uh, the players should should respond to that. They know you really don't have to, you know, you really don't have to address it because everybody knows this, this was a mistake. But you do want to underline and say, guys, we're not going to do this going forward. Uh, th- that or you're not going to be around. And because we can't lose games, in an NFL where a little thing like, I mean, what if we were a contending team? What if this was near the end of the season? What if this one win changed our playoff or even our chance to get into the playoffs? And that likely could in any given scenario. Uh, what are we gonna do? So you're constantly holding that mirror up to them.
0: If you were, if you had to buy as a stock, one of these two teams, which one are you buying the most? if the price is the same, the Dallas Cowboys or the Minnesota Vikings?
3: Wow. Uh, because we've gotten to the point where, you know, particularly with the Vikings, Dallas less so, because they're always in that situation, it seems like. But it's like you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Uh, are they really this good? Is it the schedule? Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're a good football team. And the Dallas Cowboys, that against the Bears was very impressive. Now, the Bears put up, hard to imagine, the Bears put up 240 yards rushing against the Cowboys and lost. Now the Cowboys put up 200 yards rushing. Dak Prescott was incredibly efficient. I think he was nine of 11 on third down. So the Cowboys played very well. I'm a little, a little worried about them giving up that, that, that kind of rushing yards uh, in terms of buying their stock. But in you know the hard part is they're now untypical of the NFC East. There's a team they're chasing in the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they're just you know they're just two games back and they get a chance to play Philadelphia and Philadelphia is showing that it's clearly real, uh, so you know if I had to buy of the two I'd probably buy the Minnesota stock only because I'm not sure in their division who I mean that division is a mess the yeah. Detroit's the Black hole. Green Bay just those troubles seem to persist. Uh, Chicago still is, you know, just not been able to totally piece it together. So, to answer your question, even though I don't think they're a better team necessarily, I'd buy Minnesota because I like I like the division they're in.
0: You know, the the the, the debate that that I find really interesting, especially after watching Buffalo last night. Now, look, Buffalo wins twenty seven to seventeen. Um. Josh Allen was very sloppy uh, for a lot of that game, especially with the football in his hands, and that's every snap. Uh, Throws two picks. He does have a couple of touchdowns. But Buffalo's defense, which everybody tells me so great, um, Green Bay runs for well over 200 yards. at seven yards per carry in the game. When you look at Buffalo and then you look at Philadelphia. Now I know Buffalo's schedule and their quality of wins has been far more impressive so far than the Eagles. But which of those two teams have you been most impressed by this year? I mean, one of them's lost once and the other one's lost none.
3: You have to you certainly have to be impressed with with what's going on in Philadelphia and Buffalo I think is is what they did in your you're right, they did not look very good. But it's a good sign when you do not play well and you can win 27-17. Um, I think Josh Allen, again, we, we know he's the real deal, was not a good night for him. If, if So often when we ask these questions, what we're really saying, okay, which quarterback would you take, right? Because that's really what it comes down to. Jalen Hurst is obviously playing well, doing some really good things. Josh Allen continues to look spectacular, notwithstanding what happened yesterday. So, you know, I, I probably go with Buffalo, but Philadelphia is for real, and they're playing good, solid defense. And, and obviously, Jalen Hurts is—they've—they've they've come around to really piecing together the right formula for what they're going to do in Philadelphia and how they're going to use him and how comfortable they are with him running the ball. And there's a certain physicality to what they're doing now, which is which is good for Philly because you got to have it in Philly because they're so tough there. Um, but when you, when you look at and particularly, you know, you you put up thirty five. Points on a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Well, I know it's not a great team right now, but it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. And and uh, Jalen Hurst was very solid in the past game, four touchdowns, you know, and the defense played very, very well. So Philadelphia is for real. But but uh, right now, um, and and the good thing for Philadelphia, I don't know that there's a whole lot of challengers for Philadelphia in the NFC right now. There will be and we get to the playoffs, and we'll see whether the 49ers, the Rams, or the Seahawks, or where Dallas can continue. And so they are going to be challenged compared to the AFC, where there's still a lot of people nipping at the heels of the Buffalo Bills.
0: All right, I said I was going to ask you this question uh, before you came on, and I'm curious because I made this statement, and there's some that agree uh, on our chat room here, watching online, and others disagree. If Deshaun Watson, and I don't, you know, I'm taking all the personal stuff out, okay? I'm taking that out for a minute if Deshaun Watson is healthy and he gets his sea legs back under him at the end of the day you had to go win a game tomorrow and i know this is putting you on the spot but who do you like better between Deshaun Jackson and or Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson oh wow
3: i know that's a tough well, one yeah with l- l- if again if we're talking about the Deshaun Watson that we've seen and not stating yes. a certain like all the things you're talking about. If if we're talking about apples to apples here in terms they're both in the same spot, frankly, I'm gonna go with Deshaun Watson uh, because we've had this conversation many times. Lamar Jackson's a truly unique talent and you can win with Lamar Jackson, but I'm still a firm believer that in order to win it all, I'm talking about the ultimate prize. You know, maybe in a a single game, maybe you go with Lamar Jackson just because he's so spectacular. If you're talking about if, if if I get to choose one for a season, to make a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not sure I don't take Deshaun Watson because he, Deshaun Watson can beat you from the pocket. Plus, he does those other things. Lamar Jackson, I'm not sure, can beat you from the pocket. And that's the one qualifier for me.
0: Who you like, Bengals or Browns tonight? No Jamar Chase. Uh, Brownies are beat up. But I think the Browns, I know the Browns are a desperate team when they lost to the Ravens they go to two and five they lose tonight inside the division they go to two and six and they're all but done uh in trying to win a thing even with Watson coming back down the road um how do you think that plays out tonight in Cleveland
3: I was very impressed with Cleveland when I did the Ravens games last week the running at Chubb they're at home they're running at Chubb Brissett is a good, solid, serviceable quarterback that kind of stays away from mistakes. With those, with Miles Garrett and Javion Clowney to put pressure on on Burrow. And as we know, that's the key. If, If you get pressure on Burrow, their productivity goes down. If you don't, then Burrow has one of his 350 yard, four touchdown games, Chase present or not. But I think the Browns match up very well with the Bengals, and they're at home, so it comes down. If they're running the ball well, which they're certainly capable of doing. I was very impressed with the running game. uh, Brissett stays away from the big turnovers, and they start getting pressure with those two ends on Bengals. Bengals are going to be in for for a struggle.
0: All right. Brian Billick, you're the man. We thank you for your time as always, buddy. Have a good rest of your Monday. Sounds good. All right, Brian Billick. Well, I, I just, I, I, I hope all of you feel the same way that I do. Uh, to get inside the head of a guy that has had to sit with all the pressure in that seat and, de- and deal with issues like game planning, we talked about it at the very beginning. I found it fascinating when he's sitting there that he has a box. You know, I got a, I got a Chris Carter box. I got a Randy Moss box. I got a Robert Smith box. I got all I mean... I would imagine a lot of that stuff has not changed through the years, and Zach Taylor would have something similar, if not exactly right. But then you get into the, the mind of a head coach about, okay, your player did what DJ Moore did yesterday. And I know a lot of our fans on here are screaming and yelling, you ought to be allowed to celebrate. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? We don't make the rules. Somebody else makes the rules, and maybe they ought to change the rules, okay? Maybe you ought to be able to take off your shirt after you score a touchdown. I don't. I don't care what they do. But the bottom line is, is you take off your helmet and that's a 15-yard penalty, period. End of story. Just like A.J. Brown when he made that incredible catch yesterday and two Steelers just smash into one another. Both of them fall down. Brown catches a ball and he's standing there and he points at each one. You can't do it. 15-yard penalty, right? But 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 I think that stuff with Billick is interesting. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean – just like sort boy wonder says in the chat, Brian Billick is one of the best guests that we can have on here every week. Um, I think that the celebration thing, the helmet to me is okay. I mean, I, I don't care if players are taunting. I understand why they did it. It's like setting a bad example for the younger generation. Like you don't want bad sportsmanship, but who cares? It's the NFL. These guys are pros who cares, right? Like the, a finger point. That's what we're going to call taunting for.
0: Yeah. Now somebody wrote on here that says the NFL has come out and said that that should not have been called a penalty. I don't see that anywhere. Yeah. Because he was not inside the field. I understand that, but the league hasn't come out and said that, right? The league has not officially come out and said there should not have been a penalty called there. Have they? I haven't seen
1: one way or the other, but Andrew has been in the chat this entire show saying that, so yeah.
0: okay, Andrew, maybe I'll, you're right. I just can't find it. Um, maybe the league has come out and said that. You know one thing we've not talked about today, and we're not going to get into it now because we're going to do our picks here in a minute.
1: Oh, so it was it was Terry McCauley. The, the rules analyst, the old rules analyst, obviously was a – For CBS. Was an, it was an – yeah, it was a referee forever. Um, Terry McCauley said uh, – NBC.
0: Oh, and really? Okay. Yeah, NBC.
1: so Tony okay. Dungy tweeted, Our NBC rules analyst Terry McCauley says, According to the written rule, this should not have been called a penalty because Moore was not on the
0: field when he took off his helmet. You mean on the actual playing field?
1: Yeah, like he was out
0: the back of the end zone when it happened. Okay. So well, – Okay, you can just pick on all that. That's yeah, um, that's fine. Um, you, you know something we've not talked about today, and and I have to tell you, I'm not, I'm not surprised we haven't talked about it. Uh, is, is the World Series continuing on tonight? Hmm. I mean, I know around here it's Bengals, Browns, Monday Night Football, Halloween, big huge game. So that's naturally uh, going to take center stage in our area, but. I don't hear anybody else talking about it. Do you? I mean, I love baseball, so I've watched. I I follow it. I watch.
1: Reed and I, we love baseball. Um, so I, I think it's been a great first couple of games, especially with the way the Phillies came back in game one, being yep. down, which somebody said that on, I, I think, the pregame. So I think it was Joe Davis uh, in the open for game two said it was kind of a microcosm of the Phillies season. You get down, you claw your way back, sure. you win game one. But then you lose game two going away, and I always say if you're a team that's going to win one of the two games, right? you always say uh, that you're trying to split the road games, you're trying to get it back to your side, get home field advantage back on your end, so you split the first two games on the road, now you have home field advantage going the next three in Philadelphia starting tonight, so I've always said that if you're going to win one of the two games, you'd ra- I'd rather win the second game, y- you got to win one of the games, but I'm just saying it's always kind of a weird feeling hey, where whenever you win. You've got to be able to
0: win. Look, whenever you go to the visiting team's house in the first two games of the series, you say to yourself, yeah, well, we'd love to win two, love to win too. But split, we're going to be happy. you got to split. And, and I mean, when they come back on Verlander, and my son read something to me yesterday. As great as Verlander has been, and he's going to win his third Cy Young this year, he had an incredible regular season. But he stunk in the division series. He pitched good Uh, His one start in the uh, LCS, and he blows a 5-0 lead the other night. Point was made that Madison Baumgartner, it was something insane that he could pitch 23 or 25 straight innings and give up X number of runs, and his career ERA in the World Series would still be lower than Justin Verlander. Now, maybe Verlander comes back and pitches in game five or game six, and he's lights out. I don't know. But your big guys got to deliver the goods, man. And really for the Phillies, neither one of their big guys have delivered the goods. Not Nola and not Wheeler. So Verlander's not alone. Uh, now you're falling into the three, four, five guys on both starters, both on both teams. And this is where the rubber meets the road. And by the way, how about our guy Castellanos? Made the great diving yes. catch. Yeah. Great stuff. We've already told you in case you missed it. He has agreed to come on our show. He was going to be on the very first show. Said he was excited about it and the opportunity to come on. So, you know, Castellanos isn't a hater. He's a lover, not a hater. He's going to come on our show. And we hope we bring him on as a World Series champion. Picks next, boys. Picks next. How did we do? We're back in a moment. All right, we got a lot going on at uh, Chatterbox Sports. Want to talk about a couple of other programming notes. Paul, you have your show, Not Too Picky, coming up later today at 2 o'clock, correct? Yep, 2 o'clock. We'll cover all the Bengals' Browns' bets you need to know for tonight. Prop bets, everything, right? Is there a prop bet just to give us a little sneak preview? Is there one prop bet you like tonight?
1: Yes, Not Too Picky, 2 o'clock today. Uh, We'll get you the Browns' bets, Bengals' bets, Joe Mixon, any time touchdown score is the prop bet I like. and we'll go, but we'll go through all that two o'clock today, okay. right here
0: on the Chatterbox Sports YouTube. Okay. Yeah. The, the note was Reed Mouse found it. I, I talked about Bumgarner. He could give up 25 straight home runs and still have a lower ERA than Verlander in the World Series. <laughs> How about that? Sir Boy Wonder says, not too picky is the best show we have going. That's a nice comment. Is that your
1: brother? I don't know who that is, but I appreciate it, Sir Boy Wonder. Is that your
0: girlfriend disguising her name as (laughs) Sir Boy Wonder?
1: She's teaching the future of America. I hope she's not commenting right now.
0: Um, Brandon Seho begins his um, mental health show tomorrow. That is going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find it at YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. I mean, his guest list... Um, I mean and, and he's been jumping in the car and driving everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. He, yeah. Who's he, the first guest out of the gate? Do you know?
1: Yeah, it's Sam Hubbard tomorrow. Sam and, Hubbard. And it'll debut. It's pre-recorded, so it won't be like a live yeah. show, but it will debut at eight o'clock. It's actually on the mental game uh podcast YouTube. Um, which is its own channel it's under the it's it's under the chatterbox network of shows and everything but it has its own channel just because it's all pre-recorded content we put it under its own channel um and it also you can go ahead right now the the podcast for brandon is live so just like tom's show my show uh the box lunch which will be starting soon the Mental Game Podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, anywhere you find your podcast. It's already on there. There's a trailer, and Brandon shared his personal mental health story. Both of those episodes are on there already, so you can go ahead, like, subscribe, review, all of that on all those podcast platforms.
0: Okay. That's that's going to be great stuff. Yep. Very much looking forward to that. Um, box lunch, we thought maybe would start today. Trace Fowler under the weather. And Trace, get better, buddy. We miss having you around here. Miss seeing your smiling face and your commentary and your smart aleck remarks. <laughs> um, but uh, seriously, my friend, get better. We miss you. Um, okay, boys. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, we start um, with on. the collegiate ranks. Correct? We do.
1: Casey, I'm, I have the graphic up here. Is it not a. Uh...
2: It's not wanting to respond. Just give me a second. We'll fix it.
0: Okay. Hold on. So, again, for those of you uh, who are just new to our show, and we're getting literally hundreds by the day, um, $1,000 to the charity of choice goes to the winner who has the best record. We roughly pick, you know, four or five games in college, some weeks a little more, four or five games in the NFL, same thing. A little more sometimes, depending on the week. I was the only fool who picked the UC Bearcats. You guys jump on me right out of the gate. Yep. It's a disappointing loss for UC.
1: Yeah, this was a game at UCF. Like I said on Friday's show, I thought UC was going to struggle in this game. You're going to have to see which UC team came out to play. UC was in position to win it, but UCF, a couple of drives, a couple of really good scoring drives from UCF to win and cover in this game.
2: Yeah, they just – Continued to let teams stick in there. They continued to just not bury teams. Well, so. you can't
0: stop the run. I mean, yeah. you know, we knew that going in. Dan, Dan Hoard talked about it. And the offense, um, I think in the first half, did virtually nothing. Um, if you're playing a decent team, you give up 258 yards rushing. Now, we saw in the NFL, Brian just alluded to it a minute ago. I mean, Green Bay rushed for over 200 last night. Um Uh, Dallas, uh, the the Bears rushed for over 230 yards. They got beat. College game, not going to happen against a team that can score. Uh, By the way, uh, Sir Boy Wonders said we got to get Charles Barkley on the show. Take it to the bank. He will be on the show. All right. The basketball season starts. Um, one more, and I
1: go way back. One more thing before, just from the chat, I see Andrew saying, that I expect to be hosted to an original member's luncheon, meet and greet in six months when the show goes to the moon. We have talked about doing live events yes. in the future with Chatterbox. We're not quite sure what that looks like, but we do appreciate everybody that has been in the chat so far and helped grow the show. There's so many of you that have been consistent listeners day in and day out. So down the line, look for that. We are going to start doing – Live events. Maybe we'll do an episode of this show live somewhere sometime down the line. So we'll let you know
0: when that comes up. Okay, cool. Next show. All All right, right. next pick. We go the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, Again, I get jobbed at the end. Ohio State goes up forty-four to twenty, or whatever it was. Uh, They they had covered forty-four to twenty something, and the last minute and a half, you know, Penn State goes down the field, scores a touchdown. So, you two win. <laughs> I'm out of the gate. Right now, 0-2. You two guys are 2-0, but I have a feeling it's about to change.
1: Yeah, this yeah. was this was a tough one. This was a game that I, I said on Friday, Penn State just plays Ohio State frisky at home. And, Casey, great switch.
2: Yeah, it was a last-minute decision to switch to Penn State. You did a great job changing my mind <laughs> before we actually made the picks. And let's be Honest here, Sean Clifford is the bane of my existence for Penn State fans. I mean, he almost gave up that cover with that pick six touchdown, right? I mean, can yep. we... back door, wide open. I'm just, JT, I'm just happy leader. that he ended up uh, recovering from his. Mistake. All
0: right, next game. Uh, okay, here we go. Tide will start the turn. Although Paul goes to three and zero. This was a route. Uh, I have not watched Kentucky enough. I did early in the year. I don't know if the Levis kid is hurt or not. I don't know if the talent around him is good. But for all those people, we're talking about this guy being a top three pick or whatever it was in the NFL draft, number one pick in the NFL draft.
2: Yeah, that's uh, a bad take now. Levis? <laughs>
0: yeah, he's got a lot of number one pick
1: buzz over the last, the whole last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'd mean,
0: I bet money on that
2: one that that ain't happening. Yep, that was a bad take on my you part. T-
0: are you taking him over C.J. Stroud? A lot of people have been saying that for the last uh, five okay. months. Okay. Hooker. Well, watch the games is what I would recommend. Watch the games. All right. Next um, one up. Oh, this is brutal. This is brutal.
1: Good job to you two. This is brutal.
0: Horn Frogs. They get the late touchdown, Paulie. Oh. late touchdown to cover. This is brutal.
1: An offside to just throw it up to the end zone. Free
0: play. Free play. That's what an experienced quarterback does. <laughs> Instead of flipping the ball to the official, he says, hey, put it up. Max Duggan, gamer, leader of men. Leader of men. We like that guy. This hit the over, too. Oh, uh, brutal. TCU plays Texas Tech at home this week. That's not a gimme. It's not a layup. But TCU all of a sudden is getting so big that Fox pregame show – Uh, that they have with Urban Meyer and Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, and Brady Quinn, that whole group. They're going to Fort Worth this week. I'll be down there checking them out. Um, But then uh, TCU goes to Texas the following week. Texas isn't great, but it's still Texas. So TCU right there.
2: Are you going to join in on that pregame?
0: Of course I'm not. You mean on the pregame?
2: No, no, not on the set. But are you going to be in the back with the sign? No, we're going to get in. We're going <laughs> we'll to check Urban, out Urban, No, Urban <laughs> is
0: nice enough to uh, kind of get us inside uh, the, 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 you know, the boundary there where, but I can promise you that's going to be mayhem down there uh, at TCU. That, that campus is, it is unbelievable. And so is that stadium. They love football all over the state of Texas uh that is gonna be rocking that's eleven a uh, uh, eleven a m kick Texas time all right next one all right last college game Zachary says not an urban guy sorry that's okay. We say it all the time you don't have to be It's all right all right this is where we start picking up some steam on Paul Casey
2: what no we no no
0: he didn't Oh my God! You're kidding By me!
2: Point. By a half point. That, By a half point. That's that's awesome. By a half point. Stinks. <laughs> stinks. I was disappointed too, Tom. I mean, it was 42 to 20 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm like, oh, I got this. I got we got this wrapped up, and they just never scored again. So,
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be this this coming weekend in the in the Southeastern Conference. I, I don't know if they turn into two blowouts. I have no idea. But I mean to tell you, there is so much riding on this weekend and those two games. So much. Alabama trying to keep its playoff hopes alive. This is desperation mode for Alabama. They're expected to win. They were picked to win. And all of a sudden, LSU's got it going on. And tied for first with Alabama, that game is in Baton Rouge. And then on the other side, it's the biggest game of the college football season so far, without a doubt. Tennessee at Georgia. We're doing our picks this week, by the way, fellas, on Thursday. I have to leave town on Friday. So be ready Thursday. Any oh, early dude. thoughts on that when that line's moving around on that Tennessee game, Paul?
1: Yeah, it jumped huge. That line opened at 12 and a half, and it's already down to eight and a half. Everybody. I think 90% of the money right now is on Tennessee. That line moved four points in about 24 hours. Uh, people love the volunteers in this game.
0: Uh, we got a question uh, from uh, – who is it? Um, first time I've seen this name. R. Klemmer said would like to see Urban on the show. Urban told me the other day. If he gets a green light from his bosses at Fox, he will be joining us as the big interview on the Wednesday before the Ohio State-Michigan game.
2: Ooh, what a guess that would be. That'd be
0: awesome. The only thing is, fellas, I think we have to figure out, I could be wrong, take a look in the calendar on this. Um, is that the Wednesday before Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, actually, you know what? It could be.
0: Because if it is, we got to tape it, but he'll be on Wednesday
1: uh ohio state so i got to remember that when i reach out to him
0: i'm gonna see him friday night okay uh yeah i think yeah it is uh we got to tape that but he 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 said he'd love to come on um and and that'd be great Uh, okay where where else are we done with the college game yep into the nfl into the national football league and the lone ranger to take the unbeaten high flying fly eagles fly. And they roll the men of aluminum.
2: The Steelers stink. They just stink. My lord, that was a disastrous game. But I, the, watching that game, you know, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll watch this game. Check out the Eagles. I haven't watched much of them this year. That connection between Hurts and AJ Brown is something, something
0: else. No doubt. It that AJ Brown's else. a stud, man. He is. Well, what does this mean Andrew Tom usually only adult sites contain teases like that what did I did I say something that was I, I
1: you're lie. teasing urban Meyer he, no 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 i th- I think he means it
0: more as a compliment than a. okay yeah all right well I'm not sure
1: <laughs>
0: okay uh we swung and missed here Tom boy did we ever I, you know the, the, the rams they're they're they're, they're done um I, oh I they're done stamp of stamp I of tried done telling you guys they're, they're done I, and you said it Casey I
2: they stink.
0: The Rams stink. They really I tried do. telling you guys. They really do. I mean, they got dominated in every way imaginable uh, by the 49ers in that game.
2: And not only that, I think they lost Cooper Cup. Yeah, maybe for an extended period of time. We'll it's see. Not looking good. He was
0: limping around in the locker room afterwards. I saw where, and I and I admire um, I admire anybody in life who, when they 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 feel like they made a mistake or f- for sure did make a mistake, they own it. Um, I saw where uh, Sean McVay came out and said, I kicked myself for throwing the ball. They were getting killed, and he threw the ball down the field, and that's when Cup got hurt near the end. He said, you know, why, why are we throwing the ball? He said, that's on me. Um, so, you know, the Rams, gosh. They, I tell you, I don't want to play the 49ers. No, I don't either. I don't want to play them when they're healthy. Um, and McCaffrey has brought a dimension to that team that, um, boy, I mean, they are scary. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, there are some believers out there. In Geno, can you spell it for me, please, fellas? Can you spell the man's name? G E N O. Thank you. Well, I. You better start. You better start saying that regularly. I said when making
2: this pick, if DK Metcalf played, I would have picked Seattle. And what ends up happening? He ends up playing the game, and they end up winning. Uh, it's unfortunate that I didn't try to make a one of those bets where if this player plays one snap, uh, we can switch picks. But I'm gonna own up to it. I thought the Giants were up for the challenge with or without DK, honestly. Um, but. It was just the Giants' offense couldn't do anything. They could not do anything. And uh, Daniel Jones, I don't know. I, I can't lie. I did not
1: watch a single play of this game, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm going to talk about it one way or the other. But from the talk of both of you guys about my Jan- Daniel Jones take, sounds like it was not a pretty one for the Giants. I've
0: never been a nice young man. I uh, met him a couple of times when I did their games his rookie year. Uh, nice kid, smart kid, uh, great athlete, but – I mean they're six and two okay but but they they are not going to beat anybody any good if they've got to rely on the quarterback to win the game it's not going to happen it's not I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up losing five six games this year they're going to lose to Philadelphia they're going to lose to Dallas so that's right out of the gate it's not going to be a layup against the commanders and I don't know who else they play outside their division the rest of the way They've got a favorable schedule because they weren't dead last last year. But Daniel Jones is – and maybe maybe he makes a believer out of me down the road, but not, not yet. Okay.
1: All right. Last one here because our other game is Cincinnati. Hey-oh.
2: I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, it was honestly a lot closer than – well, it wasn't – hang on. Let me re- restart that. It was not as close as the score appears right here, but it wasn't like the Bills blew them out like I thought they would. I mean, they, they uh, struggled a little bit. Josh Allen was not able to just tear them apart like I thought. Um, the, the, the issue with the Packers is not defense, and that's very clear. I mean, they cannot do anything – offensively over throwing the ball. They, they, the only thing they can do is run. And once they start to realize that these teams just stack the box and Aaron Rodgers still can't throw it down the field, it's, it's tough to watch, man. It I, really is. i tell you,
0: it's going to be interesting to watch that team the rest of the year where they go from here. They are already three games behind Minnesota for the division lead. Three games wow. behind. Okay um by the way um it's kilmer so please forgive me welcome mr kilmer welcome to the chat i want to make sure i pronounce your name right so uh forgive me
1: uh, bills had a couple of chances to go out there and cover in this game but this was a total like i said on friday's show hold your nose it stinks but take it anyway type of game for me that's exactly what i did it made me nervous when i saw how much of the public was on this game but i still stuck with it uh I liked the Packers last night to get it done by, by less than 11, and they did. And actually, you know what? They had a couple of breaks. I mean, they were kind of hanging around in that game with You're like right. three minutes left. It's You're not right. like it was a blowout. I mean, like,
0: Buffalo looked, and not, not a surprise, there's no perfect team. Well, I guess you could say the Eagles are undefeated, but, but uh, they did not. They looked like a team that could be beaten to me. Um, I still think Allen gets a little sloppy with the ball sometimes. Great, I mean, talented player. Uh, I'm not ready to give him the league MVP yet. There's a long way to go in this season. And then we have tonight, boys. Where did we lock in our picks on the spread of this game? Because it has changed, right? Or was it three all along?
1: For, uh, I think we locked it in here. I'll, I'll pull it back up. We did lock it in at three. Depending on what site you're on right now, it's around three or three and a half, which I know does make a big difference. Um, but mostly it's, it's hung around three. So that's where we're going to leave it, at three. But we all picked the Bengals anyway. So we're all either sailing or going down with all the All right, ship. if
0: either one of you could change that pick and you still have time because the game is not till tonight. Yeah. If either you could change it, You're able to change it. Will you change it?
2: Um, Can I double down?
0: (laughs) No, I'm saying, would you you flip to the Browns at this point? No, I would not. Paul?
1: Tom, if you think I'm going to sit up here for seven straight days and talk about how the Browns stink, and then at the very end change my pick to the Browns, I would lose the little bit of credibility that I have with our esteemed viewership on YouTube and on podcast form. So I will be sticking with the Cincinnati Bengals tonight.
0: So I'm wrestling.
2: Oh, don't, don't do. I, I'm
0: that. wrestling. Um, I'm wrestling. Well, I, I listen hey. to Brian Billick right there, uh, and he continues to point out, or, or, or he points out something that we talked about last week briefly, um, and that's this whole Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney thing. Because it's the first time since a Dallas game the Bengals are facing a pair of legitimate pass rushers to get after the quarterback. So are you going to do it? I can switch the graphic right now. No, I'm not. I don't
1: want to talk you into it.
0: I'm not. All right. And, and Sir Boy Wonder, if you think I'm going to come out and say uh, the Browns stink, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, By the way, Sir Boy Wonder also brings up, you know it starts tomorrow night. And were I not, if I didn't have to be here at roughly 9 o'clock in the morning in Hamilton, Ohio, I would be in my car tomorrow after this show going to Athens, Ohio. First place on the line tomorrow night at Peden Stadium, the beginning, Paul, of Maxion. Doesn't get any better than Maxion.
1: Oh, baby. For those
0: of you that don't know Maxion, starting this week and the remainder of the year, they play games on Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday nights inside the Mid-American Conference. Great idea by ESPN. It's great for the schools. They're on when nobody else is on. Bob Katz v Buffalo tomorrow night, first place on the line. You want to you want to make an early pick on that one? We got a little, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. All right. All right. We'll look up the the uh, line on that. Ball, okay. Ball State and Kent State, too. I know and nobody cares. Um, <laughs> I know we, my mother-in-law cares. She went to Ball State. My father-in-law cares. He went to Ball State. Outside of them, nobody. Um, okay. Now, our cherry on top yes. presented by United Dairy Farmers.
1: Yes. Our cherry on top is something that has never been done before. And I have uh, I spent yesterday uh, going around looking at this and making sure I had it right to explain it today. This is a NASCAR race from yesterday. This is a guy named Ross Chastain. Now, the NASCAR postseason has been flipped a little bit to up the ante. They've upped the anticipation, up the excitement. So the way it works now is that there are going to be four drivers next week competing in the championship race. They are not competing necessarily to win the race. The only thing they are doing is trying to finish ahead of the other three. Right, So the only thing they have to do is finish ahead of the other guys that they are competing against. And there are only four drivers that are qualifying for next week's championship race. Well, yesterday, it was coming right down to the end of this race. And this driver, named Ross Chastain, was in 10th place with about 300 feet to go in the race. Now, this track, this NASCAR track that they raced on yesterday... It's a unique one. It's in Martinsville, and it's a tight, short track with very tight, small turns. And Ross Chastain did something that's never been done in the sport of NASCAR before, and we'll show you the video, and then I'll explain it right after. So Chastain opens up the throttle and puts the...
0: Well, back up a second because you didn't really tee it up about what the deal was. He needed, he was in 10th place. Yeah. He needed to beat the guy who was in 5th place. Yes. As he goes along this turn. Yes.
1: Right? So you see Denny Hamlin right there in the FedEx car. Chastain passes him right there at the end as he crosses the checkered line. He said that he had seen this in a video game, he said he played this, he played uh, NASCAR 2005 on the GameCube growing up, and he said, I wanted to see if I could make this happen, so he destroys the car, but he beats out and edges out Denny Hamlin coming around the corner because he went full speed and he didn't have to brake because he rode the wall into the final turn and out of the turn and because of that he knocks denny hamlin out of the top four chastain qualifies for the final four and he'll be competing for a championship next week it's it's the equivalent of a nascar hail mary and for those of you that are on twitter and and like the explain in another sport terms type of tweets the tweets yesterday were incredibly entertaining trying to figure out what a best uh comparison would be to to another sport this is like this is like a spinning around doing a 360 hail mary from 80 yards away with one guy in quadruple coverage going up and tipping it around to himself trying to make a catch i mean it's it's something they've never seen before and so next week it's joey logano christopher bell ross chastain and chase elliott uh just straight up the four of those guys whoever finishes the highest and wins the title
0: and uh, i'm told by some of our um viewers the player formerly known as mouse cop says it's the fastest lap record at martinsville by two and a half seconds his car's torn up they're gonna have to have a different car for him in that race next week that really is amazing i'm not a big nascar guy but um But most of those drivers seem to be really good dudes, and uh, that was very, very, very exciting. So, Paul, on your game for our Cherry on Top presented by United Dairy Farmers. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm not a huge NASCAR guy, but when you see something like this, it took over the Twitter sports world for about – uh, I don't know, an hour or so yesterday when everybody was going on about it. And uh, it was crazy. And there's a dash cam view too that we didn't show, but there is a great angle that the at NASCAR Twitter account tweeted out of the dash cam view of his car riding yes. around and seeing how the car got shredded up. But you've done it in a video game and now you do it in real life.
0: All right, boys, before we get out of here, I know you've made picks, we've made picks with the... Um, spread i'd like you two to give me a point prediction for tonight bengals in cleveland monday night football halloween night many will be dressed up as dogs in cleveland tonight
2: i'll go first i'm gonna say 34 21 bengals wow
0: 34 three games in a row the bengalis yep hit the 30 point mark after not hitting it for 11 consecutive games 34 without jamar chase yep it's a big number
2: it's a big statement game for the bengals
1: i'm gonna say bengals 23 20 and i know that's a push on the spread but like i said i think the bengals have a better shot to blow them out than the browns do to cover but i still think it's a it's a close three-point game i'll say 23 20.
0: Uh, Lee Ferrickson says the move yesterday by Ross Chastain reminds him of when he beat Christopher Columbus to America. (laughs) He's got a good sense of humor, man. Really, really good. Um, What was your score again? 23-20 Bengals. I'm going to go with – 24-20 24-20 Bengals.
2: Okay. So they cover.
0: They cover. They cover. Okay. I like it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a heck of a game to watch. I mean, I don't care if the Browns are 2 and 5, Bengals are 4 and 3. This is going to be because there's so much on the line even only being not even halfway through the season. Cleveland has to win to stay relevant. Uh, the Bengals can they win without Joe Burrow what did they I mean without Jamar Chase what did they look like without Jamar Chase um, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun oh by the way did you get the picture real quick uh, uh, before oh, we leave
1: oh no I didn't uh, I did I tweet it out no I didn't
2: well you know what We
1: could just sh- I can just show it to the, me... the camera no I'll just show it to the camera it's okay It's not even that worth it anyway. Some of our predictions,
0: 24-21, Andrew Sir Boy Wonder says Bengals 31-20. Andrew adds that Burrow will be sacked five times. 6-4-12, Mars says 34-16, Bengals. Nathan takes another shot at Cleveland, says it's never fun to be in Cleveland. That's not true. He says except the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, there's lots of fun things to do in Cleveland. (laughs) <laughs> lots of fun things to do i disagree with that all right all right that's going to be topic a tomorrow we'll have paul Docherty tomorrow we'll have tracy jones tomorrow um a lot going on tomorrow and then don't forget our big interview this week really looking forward to it coming up on wednesday will be bronson arroyo recently elected to the reds hall of fame Not Too Picky comes up later on today at 2 o'clock. Paul, the best of luck on that one. Thank you. All right. Put your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Put your money where your mouth is. Have a good day.